Chair Lager Fernandez, Ranking Member Obernolte, and distinguished members of the subcommittee. On behalf of the 437,000 citizens of the Cherokee Nation, I thank you for this opportunity to speak about the Supreme Court's recent decision in Oklahoma versus Castro Huerta. As you know, the Castro Huerta case arose on the Cherokee Nation Reservation and involved the Cherokee child. The case was one of dozens the Oklahoma Attorney General brought in front of the High Court, hoping for an opportunity to overturn the landmark ruling in McGirt v. Oklahoma. McGirt was the result of a generational effort by tribal advocates to displace what Justice Gorsuch referred to as the rule of the strong with the rule of law in Oklahoma's Indian country. Castro Huerta did not overturn McGirt but it did issue a strong signal that despite clear federal legislation that preempted state jurisdiction over crimes by non-Indians against Indians in Indian country, as well as decades of prior court decisions, that we have not yet departed from an era where the rule of the strong can prevail. It is my belief, founded as it must be in faith in our democracy and our justice system, that McGirt will not be the high watermark but the Castro Huerta decision is certainly a retreat from the principal decision in McGirt, and that should give people who believe in tribal sovereignty and the rule of law some pause. In Castro Huerta, the court went well out of its way to provide jurisdiction to Oklahoma over crimes committed by non-Indians against Indians. A new majority emerged in this case, and it demonstrated little regard for principles of federal Indian law that had been in place since Chief Justice John Marshall was on the bench. As Justice Gorsuch said in his dissent, the majority accepted the lawless disregard of the Cherokee sovereignty. This departure from well-established law represents a real threat to tribal sovereignty. The court essentially flipped the script on state criminal jurisdiction in Indian country. Instead of examining federal law for evidence that Congress had authorized state jurisdiction in Indian country, the court held that it only needed to examine federal legislation that might have preempted state jurisdiction. But the most troubling aspect of Castro Huerta could be what it may portend for future cases and legislative efforts. I understand the desire to move forward on legislation to address this case. However, it is important to proceed thoughtfully and with a full understanding of any legal challenges such action might draw. We have seen what this court is willing to do, and that is something everyone should be thinking about as Indian country and Congress decide on next steps. As far as the current impact of Castro Huerta, Cherokee Nation has been making extraordinary efforts post-McGirt to ensure public safety, and the day-to-day -day work of enforcing criminal laws on the Cherokee Nation's reservation is the same today as it was prior to Castro Huerta. The costs of sustaining the large criminal justice system needed on the Cherokee Nation's 7,000 square mile reservation are substantial. The reservation's population is more than half a million, many of whom are Indian, and contains several large municipalities, including a sizable chunk of the city of Tulsa. Under the leadership of our principal chief, Chuck Hoskin Jr., and our tribal council, Cherokee Nation has increased its spending on public safety by roughly $40 million. Congressional efforts to help alleviate these costs have been slow to make their way to the tribes most affected by McGirt. For example, in the FY22 omnibus, Congress appropriated $62 million for tribes directly impacted by the McGirt decision. That bill was enacted in March, but we are still waiting for BIA to allocate and release that funding. Increasing the flow of resources into the McGirt-effective tribes would be a welcome relief to Cherokee Nation and other tribes absorbing these costs largely on their own. 
I fear these costs will only continue to grow. Prior to McGirt, the nation had fewer than 100 criminal cases in, a, in any year. In the first year post-McGirt, we filed over 3,700 cases and are on track to beat that number this year. Our district court, attorney general's office, and marshal service have all added significantly to their staff to meet this need. Additionally, with jurisdiction over non-Indians increasing due to recent amendments to the Violence Against Women Act, we are preparing for another jump in our caseload. Cherokee Nation had the highest number of charges filed under the expanded authority granted through VAWA 2013, and we expect a similar increase this time around. In the wake of the Castro Huerta decision, we call for the governor of Oklahoma to come back to the table to end his anti-tribal agenda and move forward as we enter this chapter of concurrent jurisdiction. We stand ready to grow and continue the tribal state collaborations, such as cross-deputization agreements, that have proven so effective on our reservation. Our many successes at the local level highlight the tribal justice systems, far from being anything exotic or scary, are local and familiar and serve tribal communities with zeal and professionalism. Given an opportunity to flourish post-McGirt and post-Castro Huerta, I have no doubt that tribal justice systems will continue to be a source of innovation and public safety throughout our nation. Thank you.